Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Points Exercise Podcast. It's a recording this on Tuesday because the Bears were on Monday Night Football where they never lose. And joining me, as always, the only man who claims to have out-pizzaed the hut, Mike Pusateri. Finally, I'm glad that somebody acknowledged that joke. I mean, because I was just going to keep putting it on Twitter until somebody laughed. Yeah, well, oh, it was yeah. a joke. I thought you'd actually, I thought maybe you had a certificate <laughs> that you posted right. on your website, mikepusateri.com, where they could watch you out Pizza the Hut and see your, yeah. all your work you've done. There you go. There you go. Thanks for slipping in the website. I appreciate it. So we found out, I didn't know this, because I think it's a made-up stat, but we found out that the Bears had the most wins on Monday Night Football in from 2010 until now. They 12 they were 12 and 5 on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. They're now 12 and 6 after a less than sterling effort. Um I don't you know, I would have looked this up, but last year, now Matt Nagy had never lost on Monday Night Football, but last year they played the Redskins on Monday yeah. Night Football. Yeah. Yeah. The football team, you mean. Sorry. The Washington, they played the, the football Washington football team. team. Right. The well, football they were the Redskins at the time. At the time, yeah. If they were, if they were going to go, if they were going to insult people and go by that name, I'm going to remind people, and then, That's, then I can't fair remember. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so it, it it could be, maybe it's not surprising that the Bears recently have been good at Monday Night Football, given Monday Night Football is not what it used to be. The NFL doesn't give it the pri- the primo matchups, so like well, I give the Bears somebody they can beat. Um. So, but they were apparently were twelve and five and. Uh, or whatever they were. Now they're worse. Yeah, now, yeah. This was a game you were you were going to go to. Even though you didn't go and you didn't buy a ticket, do you think you could still demand a refund for the ticket you would have bought, considering how bad it was? I'm not going to rule that out. I think I might be able to. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah. You get a refund in absentia. <laughs> Send a memo to Stan Kroenke's hairpiece. Right. See. So another another piece of info that we learned during the broadcast was apparently I was off on the cost of the stadium. I believe yeah, I thought it was one point eight billion dollars. It was five billion dollars. Five big ones. Yeah. yeah. Now that's not like oh I thought the house cost. 190000 it cost 500000 That would be embarrassing. You'd be off. But right. how do you spend $5,000 million, which is what a bill, $5 billion is, yeah. on a football stadium with a, a canopy, which is what they built? Not since Bugsy Siegel built the Flamingo has there been such an overage at <laughs> <laughs> the construction of a building. Uh, that, I mean, all I can tell you is from what it looks like, it looks ever worth every penny of that $5 billion. Yeah. The, the thing looks pretty cool. Um, so he and, the, the, and I was there, I was at the last bears Rams game last year. Yeah. That was at the Coliseum. Yeah. yeah. That's probably, that was, probably not worth $5 billion. The Coliseum. That's, the, the Coliseum is incredibly unimpressive. You would think it'd be so much cooler than it is, but as a as a stadium, it's really bad. Yeah, it's always uh, just from watching it on TV. I've never been there. It reeks to me of old Soldier Field with a torch. 
That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Right. With maybe even fewer amenities. Because the kind of the basic idea of, of the two stadiums was the same. And they were built originally these multi, the old multi-purpose stadium. This was not, we're going to play baseball and football in one. This was, we're going to play football in this and we're going to have track and field. And we're going to, the, you know, the, the 101st airborne is going to be able to, you know, have, have all their equipment on the field and it'll be fine. Soldier field at one point was, could seat 130,000 people. I didn't even know that. Wow. That's and, incredible. And so when they closed it in to make it more football friendly, that's why you ended up with this ridiculous setup where there were more seats in the end zones than on the sidelines. Because all they did was they just chopped, they like just like brought one in in and horseshoed that off. Yeah. Yeah. It was a terrible place. It's the worst the worst place I've ever been for a sporting event. Including like high school stadiums and <laughs> Soldier Field was just the worst. And, you know, there were like two bathrooms that worked, maybe. Right. Right. It was just terrible. And so, yes, new Soldier Field was a disappointment in that it's. They just screwed themselves by building a football, basically a football only facility when they could have built a retractable roof thing where they could have then had final fours and the super bowl and all that shit, but they just, no, yeah. They were so obsessed with, it's got to have a grass field and all this other right. nonsense. Got to be outdoors for bare weather. The, the smart thing they did was they actually cut the capacity. They were one of the few who looked ahead and said, I don't think we're going to be able to get 80,000 morons in this stadium every week anymore. Um, you know, I, I love the Bears. I watch every game. I've said this before on this podcast. I've been to my last Bear game. Me too. I have no yeah. desire to go to to go in there and see them play again. Yeah, I should say my, my I've been to my last Bears home game. Yeah, I, I don't need, I don't need I don't need. It's to just that. not a great experience. The yeah. there's nowhere to park. There's no place to tailgate. No. You know, everything is designed to get you in there, and then it's. It's it's much nicer than the old one, but anything would have been much nicer than the old one. It's just it's not a great experience. I'm like, you know what? I like I like my house. I like I like my chair and my TVs and my yeah. much cheaper beer. Right. So, thank a- you, Vage. I'll just stay. Yeah, we're good. So, I don't. It was funny to be as irritated as I was watching the game when pretty much it went the way I thought it would have. If you had, someone had held a gun to my head, I don't know why he would have, that seems very rude, and <laughs> said, what's that game going to look like? And I'd be like, well, the Bears aren't going to be able to move the ball at all against a good but not great Rams defense because they just can't. Um, and the Rams are going to run it up their ass because Sean McVay is much smarter than Matt Nagy. And that's Clearly. exactly what happened. Yeah. <sighs> much I think, you, I think you drew, you know, you, you, you thought, well, yeah, a lot of their wins are against the NFC East. All of them and, were. And the NFC East sucks. So maybe there's some smoke and mirrors, and we know the Bears aren't nearly as good as their record, but maybe they can sneak by. None of that happened. No. None of that happened. And it was a, so it was a two-score game that... Was nearly a one-score game 
if Nick Foles somehow gets it near Javon Wims at the end, I thought that was going to happen. They get the meaningless touchdown, and it's like, oh, we only lost by seven, which is perfect right. because this week they're playing the Saints. And last year against the Saints, they were down 36-10 to 10 and scored 15 <laughs> points in the last two minutes, of which the Saints could give a shit that they did that. And when you look at the score, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But it was that bad. It was. I felt like they were going to do that again. And everybody would look at it and go, well, they went on the road against the Rams. They only lost by a touchdown. It's like, no, they got dominated. Yeah. You know, it's they got dominated by the Colts and only lost by eight points. But they were never going to win that game. And they were never going to win the one last night either, which was no. infuriating. It all comes down to this. How often can we complain about the exact same thing? But maybe forever, considering they're going to do the same thing all the time. For, for at least 16 games, probably. Their inability to run the football basically cripples their offense. Mm-hmm. Because they can't do any of the other stuff that he wants to do if the other team is like, well, we don't worry about him running it. When so- every team in the league has figured this out, and figured this out a while ago, that they don't have to worry about the Bears running the football. They're not going to commit to it. Yep. And then as soon as they get down, then, of course, they can't run. They have to pass. And so then it's it's just uh, – they just make themselves not, a, not even a one, uh, one-dimensional one team. They're like a zero-dimensional <laughs> team. <laughs> uh, I just – yeah, the, the biggest issue they have is that you can stop their – it's two things. Number one, you can stop their attempt to run with maybe five guys. Your your front four and your middle linebackers, they're the only ones who have to really worry about them running the ball. Everybody else can be like, oh, crap, I guess they're going to run it. And there's – you know, I've got plenty of time because David Montgomery's going to have to break three tackles to get to the line. I can come back up. But then there's the idea that they don't um, – they don't want to run it. Nagy doesn't want to run it. So mm-hmm. if you just simply discourage them early, then they just scrap it, and you really don't have to worry about it at all, which makes defending his offense super easy because the Bears aren't exactly awash in great athletes. So all of a sudden, Allen Robinson has to beat two guys to even get to a pass. Or um, you know, Darnell Mooney, can they can run the play out of the end zone where he does the stop and go and gets wide open. And Nick Foles had basically taken one step behind center and he already had Aaron Donald in his lap and he just has to blindly heave it down the field. <laughs> it's like, it, I don't understand how their coach can't understand that this offense he's built relies on people, you know, actually believing that a fake, like that they might actually run it. You know, the, the, the reason their play action doesn't work is it because, um, I think under Mitch, the concern was that the fakes were obvious. You know, even Peyton Manning had that thing where he showed that when Mitch was going to pass, he blew through the fake so fast you could tell he's not really handing it off. Right. Nobody's well, buying his fake. Right. Right. Foles doesn't do that, but they just don't buy the fake because they're just not worried about it. It's like, all right, give it to that guy. We don't give yeah, a shit. Going, we'll tackle him. Right. He's going to get three yards maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's why they can't get a deep shot because – the safety's always sitting in the middle of the field, basically just there to take it away. So when I, I always think of this because um, 
<laughs> when I played high school football, we had we had a play that always worked. Um, it was a we played the highly sophisticated wing T. <laughs> I was a I was a tight end wide receiver and an offense that threw the ball like five times a month, whether you needed to or not. It was great. But when we did, our quarterback almost never threw the ball. We would run this wing back reverse that everyone would flow to the wingback, and he could turn around and throw to the opposite side of the field, and whoever was on that side was always wide open. Well, we played a team who took one of their safeties and literally just had him not ever leave the area opposite the wingback for the entire game, and it almost crippled our offense to the point where we're like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? That, to me, is that's the Bears on every play. That's the the safety just stays in the middle of the field, and Nagy's like, shit, I don't know. We don't have a play for that. He's flipping his Denny's menu over every which way, and he's like, I, I don't have one that'll work for that. It's like, Jesus. Uh, well, they're probably not going to figure it out now. I mean, they've, they've had enough time. Uh, Nagy's had enough time with this team. If he hasn't got it figured out, uh, well, it's just what well, we're just going to hope the defense outscores the offense in every game from now on. Which <laughs> I love that. It was like, man, you could tell you didn't do any research on the Bears before you took the job. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is a team with 80 years history of the defense outscoring the offense pretty much every week. Right. They went to a Super Bowl. They went to two Super Bowls with defenses who outscored the offense. Yes. Right. But not only those defenses are at least complemented by good special teams. We don't even have that. No. We've got the furthest thing from that. It's. So, yes, I, I don't know if you could tell. Uh, from Twitter that I get irritated by the return games of the Bears. Yeah. Um, and I did like the fact that Steve Levy said every time, Cordell will always bring this out. And, of course, he I did. love that. Yeah, he said that with the first the first kickoff return, Steve Levy was over all, all over that. Yeah, if you're you know, going to return that one. If you're a kicker and you kick the ball through the end zone against the Bears, you should be fined your entire game check. <laughs> You just cost us seven yards. Because the most teams, like when you watch the Bears, and I think um, Frodo can only kick it that far. Mm-hmm. They do it the way most teams do, which is they want that ball to just barely get into the end zone, and then make that returner go. Shit, I think I can. I think I can get past the twenty-five and bring it out. With the Bears, the idea is because Corderell is good. It's pin him as close to the back line as possible. Right. He's going to bring it out. out. He can't help himself. Right. And now you've got an extra 10 yards to try to get down there before he can. And he's had, what, maybe two decent kick returns all year. He had one mm-hmm. against the Falcons, which was pretty important. I don't even remember the other one. And then I always just assume it's going to be at the 18. And last night, the law of averages, first he was at the 17, then he got to the 19. It's like, well, it's, of course that's where, where he's going to end up. It's the 18, yeah. And the first one, he came out to like, what, the 28 or something, yeah. maybe. And you're like, all right, well, you know, I guess for all that effort, you would better. the risk of fumbling or there being a penalty is right. not worth the three yards. No. So if you get to 28, a good, a good special teams coach is like, okay, that wasn't worth it. You should, yeah. you should not have brought that one out. With the Bears, they're like, oh, it's three extra yards. Way to go. Right. It's completely <laughs> worth it. It's like, no, that's not completely worth it. Especially, I'm sure Demetrius Harris is on the p- kick return team. He's just begging for a penalty or for a ball to hit him in the head or something awful to happen. Yeah. 
I was so, laughing towards the end of, end of the game, like you know, one of the, the the Rams kick returner. He sees it's going to bounce like two yards into the end zone. He's already running towards the sidelines. He's not touching that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that would be nice if the Bears uh, did that on occasion. Cordarrelle's around the sidelines, going, "What the hell's he doing? <laughs> he could have got that to the twenty-six, or, or the or the fourteen, more likely." I mean, I think I mean, I, I I know without knowing for sure. The Bears have basically told Corderell, bring them all out because you're the you're our weapon. Yeah. So just it's worth it. Just bring it out. And say, like, well, that would be fine if he was routinely getting out, even if he just got to like to pass the thirty. Routinely. He got past the, past the twenty-five you, routinely. Then you'd be like, like, all right, okay. I guess that's probably worth it. Yeah. Um, but I think he's only been past the forty once all year. This is they've played seven games now. It's just, it's not working. And I'm not saying that it's all his fault. I doubt that the Bears' special teams are super savvy at blocking and actually giving him, you know, room to maneuver. But it doesn't work. So it doesn't make any sense to do it over and over and over again. No. But he's the least of their worries on the return team. He's the gold (laughs) standard compared to (laughs) Theodore Ginn II, (laughs) who... Has just gotten. A, we I made fun of him right away. It was very clear in the first game after um, after they played Atlanta. I guess that was Indianapolis. He didn't want to be returning punts, and the one that he kind of ran up on, and then literally like at the last minute threw his hands up and caught it over his head like a pass. That was basically him saying, "I don't fucking want to do this. I just don't want to." Here, catches it, like throws it to Chris Tabor, and says, "I'm done." And they have <laughs> continued to run him out. He just doesn't catch the punts at all. He returned, he returned one for six yards against the Bucks. I don't ever remember it. I remember all the other ones he didn't bother to catch. And then five punts last night, five of them, all of them inside the 20, all of them where at least fair catch it so that it's not going to bounce to the two. Right. He would get, get right under the punt, look at it, and go, fuck it, I'm not catching that, and then just run out of the way every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he made their, their kicker, the, the punter, the star of the game. Yeah. Aaron Donald, after the game, is like, oh, this guy, player of the week right here. Right. And I was You're like, why was there no analysis what? as to why isn't the guy, and Ted doesn't play offense anymore, so he's basically only on, he's only active two return punts. How did three Monday Night Football announcers not spend 10 minutes going, why won't the punt returner return a punt? <laughs> I mean, you have to expect it's like Roger Dorn. You expect to see him on the sidelines with his contract. <laughs> Going over it and going, no, my contract says I don't actually have to return the punts. I just have to stand back there, and then I just get, uh, I'm getting the fuck away. It's not worth, I'm not getting hurt playing for this team. I'm sorry. Well, that would be okay if Nagy then took it and took a, and pissed on it. <laughs> but he doesn't seem to have any idea that his punt returner is take not it returning punts. Flip it around, look, see if he had a play on it somewhere. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute! Hey, we ran this one when I was a when I was a real estate intern. I yeah, think this was a play I drew up on a the back of somebody's closing contract. Like, no, just... Andy Reid hated this play, but I'm going to run it now. <laughs> Andy told me it's the dumbest fucking play I ever saw. Let's run it. <laughs> We're going to run it twice in a row. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So it, it all comes back to the fact that the Bears are not a well-coached football team. And I had an argument with some guy on Twitter last night. I don't know why I do this to myself. Who was basically like, yeah, it's all the coaches' fault. Oh, you're a moron. And I'm like, 
I think I'm, I, I feel like I'm an equal opportunity blamer. Like I'm free to blame everybody. Right. And, uh, I just, it's yes. I acknowledge the bears are not exactly chock full of talent on the offense, but I'm not going to give the, the head coach who's in his third year, who was brought here to modernize the offense, who's clearly had input into every personnel move since he started three years in, I'm not going to be like, wow, they, they clearly just don't have the guys he needs to run his offense. It's like, well, a, if that's true, that's still an indictment on him. Cause Ryan Pace is at least asking him, who do you want? Right. But even if it's not the job of a coach is to take what you get and make something out of it. And this is not that. And yeah. the most alarming thing is we've seen enough games now to know to change quarterbacks, they didn't change anything else. They still run the same plays. So you can't tell me that that if you're maximizing the skills of your quarterback, that you look at Mitch, and then you look at Nick Foles, and you're like, I can run exactly the same plays with these two. No adjustment needed ah. here. We got the one guy here who just runs around and is completely inaccurate. And then we got this guy here who can't run at all, but at least somewhat accurate. But the right. same the same plays, that's perfect. My yeah. offense is so good. It doesn't yeah. matter what your style of play is. You're going to be able – it's like, Jesus. I yeah. Just... <sighs> and it always shows up in the little things. Like, so they have a third and ten. Javon Wims runs an out. He runs it nine yards. Catches the ball. It is going towards the, going towards the sidelines and never like makes even the token like stick the ball out. Try to like yeah. for a, just for a second get it over the line so that the right. refs are like, okay, I guess that's forward progress. He just falls out of bounds a yard short. Yeah. So that's terrible. That's that should be a complete indictment on the Bears, on the University of Georgia, on whatever high school team Javon played for, because somewhere along the line, someone told him. It doesn't do us any fucking good on third and ten for you to run nine yards. Right. You know, run, go eleven. Even if it takes a split second longer to get out of your break, at least if we get the ball to you, it's going to be a first down. Yeah. So there's that. Then, but then it goes even beyond that because the refs spot the ball in the wrong spot. They give him a first down. Clearly didn't get there. Yeah. And the Bears are just hanging out in the huddle, just chatting it up, completely unaware. That the Rams are like, oh fuck, that doesn't, he didn't get a first down. I wouldn't even close it. We've and got it, a perfect it angle. Gave by McVay the way, a tremendously long time to finally just like, fine, they're going to overturn this. Yeah. Where the Rams, on the other hand, any play that looked remotely like, they're immediately at the line of scrimmage. Uh, not just the Rams, any other NFL team, any team the Bears play right. is like, oh shit, we better snap this before somebody challenges it. The other thing the Rams did last night that the Bears could not figure out was. Now, it used to be the first couple of years of the Sean McVay offense with the great Jared Goff, they would get to the line as quickly as they could because McVay would want to talk to Goff until, like, with 10 seconds left on the play clock, they shut the communication off. Quarterback's on his own. So he would want to get to the line and basically play quarterback for Goff. He'd basically tell him, all right, it's this defense, we're going to go here. And then it would cut off, and he'd snap the ball. Well, what they've, what the, I don't know if they've been doing it all season. What they did last night was, they purposely hung out in the huddle, like extra long, and then would would run to the line, and then would immediately snap the ball. 
while the bears are like, oh, here they come. Oh, shit, they just... I mean, when they catch you doing that once, it's like, ah, ha, ha, that's pretty good. They were doing it over and over again, and the bear defense every time looked shocked that they didn't get to the line, have the quarterback point at the middle linebacker, do all the other crap, and then, you know, it's like they weren't necessarily... At some points, they were just running no huddle. Right. But a lot of the times, they were they were actually, like, running extra long huddle. <laughs> And then frantically coming to the line and running a play and catching the Bears unaware. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, when that happens to you maybe twice in a game, that should be a pretty easy fix, which is to tell all the guys, hey, they're probably going to snap it right away. So let's be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and let's go back for a second to the, to the previous play we were talking about. So you got the third, the third down and 10, doesn't make it. They challenge. It's fourth and one. First of all, the Bears line up to go for it, yeah, which their own twenty, absolutely no business yeah. doing. And then, because of their own stupidity, a false start saves their ass. Yes. Yep. And they were forced to punt because it was. I mean, you can't tell because the play was getting blown dead immediately, but it didn't look like because they ran a quarterback sneak, and it didn't look like they got enough of a surge for Foles to get to reach the ball out over the line. We didn't really see it. Um, so, yeah, so I joked on Twitter that they're in the huddle, and they're like, oh, shit, he wants to go for it. We can't make this. They're like, hey, Rashad, go off sides. So he does. <laughs> okay. <sighs> yeah, saving themselves from their coach. Because then we found out later when he went for it on a fourth and one that his other option for a play <sighs> was brilliant. Now, I couldn't understand when they when they decided to go for it, it's like fine you're at that point in the game where you know punting it back to them isn't going to do you any good. But your left guard has is out for the season. Your center has left the game early. You now have great uh Harry Heestand is gone, but he left all of his all the guys on the Notre Dame line that he coached who aren't Quentin Nelson. All the guys who weren't the good one are on the right. Bears. Like Alex Bars is the backup at left guard. Sam Mustafer is playing center. <laughs> And it's like, okay, well, I know they can't run the ball. I know, and the Rams know, they can't run the ball up the middle. So clearly this is going to be a pass. Oh, no. They run, not only do they run the thing they never run, they run a sweep. They run. It's a pitch. It's not even just a sweep. It's yeah. a pitch. It's a toss sweep, yeah. They run it to a side of the field where they're, they're somehow got outnumbered on their own side, they intentionally ran it to one side of the field and had one less blocker than defender. <laughs> yeah. And so Corderell catches it five yards in the backfield. Now he's got to gain six yards from where he caught the ball. But he's also going to have to break like six tackles to get back to the line of scrimmage. He doesn't get back to the line of scrimmage. He ran the ball three times for a yard. So he averaged a foot. That's what you're looking for. Every time he gave the ball to Corderell, he got you a foot. We want our guys to average one foot per carry. It's the new thing. Like, well, how, many feet, how many feet did you average this week? And, and, and then they cut Holy to and then, and then I think they cut to Nagy on the sidelines, just looking dumbfounded. Like, God, that, that didn't work. I can't believe that didn't work. Wow, well, like, it's such a brilliant call. My visor hurts. He's like, I wonder. Maybe they've tapped into our headsets. <laughs> they had to have heard that. Were they filming our practices? Because this really should have gone for a touchdown. <laughs> Works every time in practice. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I have a theory that I don't think is an actual theory. I think it's 
I don't know, it's a, an unproven fact. Is that a thing? That's not a thing. So what's the one thing the Bears defense is bad at? Sounds like at? a theory. What's the one thing the Bears defense is bad at? They can't, well, I would say the run. They can't stop the run. Can't stop the run. Who do they practice against? Aha, I see the team that, The team that can't run the ball can't and run. then doesn't want to. So right. they clearly, I mean, they get used to all week to be like, well, they just go over here and blow David Montgomery up. It's like, a real NFL team isn't going to run a play like that. You're no. doing them no favors. No. Then we have, when it, so it's 10-3 to 3 in the second quarter. And, you know, it's one of those games where, like, if the, if the defense doesn't give them the ball at, like, the 10 at least once, you know, they're yeah. going to be out of this game in a hurry. Goff, who's not a good quarterback, throws a terrible pass that Tashawn Gibson Sr. all of a sudden becomes Karch Karai. It just, like, spikes it out of the air. Yeah. Just catch the ball. I mean, it was yeah. right. He's the only one near it. Yeah. And he didn't even try to catch it. He literally just, he didn't even, he never lifted his left arm up. He only took his right arm and he batted the ball out of the way and first started to celebrate. And then he's like, oh, I should have caught it. Like, did you yeah, think? Right. Do you think maybe you should have caught it? It's like you had an interception last week. You didn't remember how that works? Like, yeah. you catch the ball and you get to run that way? <sighs> now, I don't know that he would have scored. And I and the Bears offense is in that mode where there was a game um, against the Packers during the Favre era where the Bears were just kind of one of those games where the Packers are beating the shit out of them, but the Bears are hanging around because the defense won't let them get out of the game. And uh, Erlacher intercepts a pass. And he's heading, he's going to score, he's going to tie the game. And Favre, like at the last minute, makes a half-assed attempt, trips him up. And I'm like, I'm, and the Bears are going to have the ball at like the Packer 20. And I'm at home like, fuck it, we can't score now. We're not mm-hmm. going to score. And they didn't. Of course they didn't because the offense was so inept. That's if, if Gibson had actually caught the ball and not scored, I would have had the same reaction last night, which was, well, I guess we'll get a field goal. <laughs> Maybe. First and goal at the one. I'd be like, well, at least we're in field goal range. <laughs> well, you know, the Bears don't have a, a Johnny a Johnny Munt <laughs> to pull out when when you need when you need a secret weapon to overcome all of your deficiencies. You, so, you... <laughs> Johnny had the uh, he had the he had a couple of catches and he had the one where um, he's in the middle of the field and it looks like Danny Trevathan can can tackle him just short of the first down. Yeah, and they showed this play on the Comcast or whatever there NBC Sports Net post game, which last night the added brilliance of Dave Wanstead. Just what oh, I wanted to see. I'm sorry I missed it. Um, so they they don't pay for the hi- they don't pay for the highlights, so they can't show. <laughs> they can show stills, but they can't show. So they do this thing where each of the analysts picks a play, and they just show a still photo of it, and they analyze the thing, which is sad. Uh, but they had a perfect perfect version of that play, which is Munt has the ball, and Trevathan has caught up to him. And uh, I think it was Lance Briggs was breaking down the plate, and he's like, look at what Trevathan is doing. He's got both arms on the same side of Johnny Munt because he's trying, instead of tackling him, he's trying to steal the ball. <laughs> it's third down. If you tackle him right there, I think, I think they were in field goal range, but, you know, it, the drive is over. 
But instead, right. he's trying to like steal the ball, and then they then they 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 had zoomed in, they back up because he's like, well, look at Eddie Jackson on this play. Mm-hmm. Eddie has decided that Trevathan is going to tackle him. So he's literally, he's right behind Munt, but he's flat, completely flat-footed. He has stopped moving. <laughs> and so, of course, yeah. Trevathan can't tackle the guy with both arms on grabbing onto one arm. So he falls off of Munt, who then, like, runs for another 10 yards because the other guy close tackling him has given up and is like, oh, shit, and he has to start running again to catch up to it. <laughs> it's like, and you guys are the good part of the team. Yeah. You can't. We can't win at all if you're going to do that shit. That's just if you're, if you're going to let a Johnny fucking Month do that to us, Johnny Month. I mean, there's some guys just their name. Oh, what? Yeah, like, yeah. This guy is not going to be good, and nobody <laughs> named Johnny Munt is yeah. ever going to be good. I mean, if Willie Mays had been Willie Munt, yeah, he would have been terrible. I mean, right when he started off over twenty four or whatever it was, DeRocher sends him back to the minors, and we never he never becomes right. Willie Mays. Right, he's Willie yeah. Munt. If Ryan Sandberg is Ryan Munt. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, kid. You're not going to make it. He's done after that over th- over 30 or whatever. I'm positive. That's, I... that's what Josh Vitter's problem was. That's not a name. You, you know, Josh nah. Vitter's isn't going to be a star. So you give up on him right away. Oh, it sounds yeah. like something he put in a drink. Yeah. Here, yes. I need some more Vitter's. I'm going to muddle some Vitter's. Yeah, I got to muddle some Vitter's. Yeah, but nobody ever said... you. you you cannot stop a Johnny Munt. You can only hope to contain him. <laughs> so I don't know. Did you catch the Brian Greasy controversy? The Grease Man? Yeah. Um, you're not referring to, I don't think, when he said um, that the Bears' front seven is uh, is is uh, the, the 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 Bears' front seven is showing leakage. <laughs> No, not that. But you that, know. Dirty, that sounded dirty to me when he said it. That kind of made me feel icky when I heard him say that. No, I didn't. I completely missed this during the broadcast. But he he said that in their pregame meeting with Nick Foles, Foles told him, "Well, sometimes the plays come in from Nagy, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to have time to make that play work." <laughs> and so both Nagy and Foles got asked about it in the postgame. And um, Nagy, I think, is savvy enough to just take it the wrong way on purpose. Because the way it was intended was some of these plays take too long to develop for what we can reasonably block. So it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to get sacked before I can even turn around on this play. Nagy took it to mean, oh, the play came in late. I don't have time to call the play in the huddle, get to the line, and run it which is yeah. intellectually dishonest. Nagy knows what he means. He means it's just like the um, Harrison Ford's criticism of the the script for the original Star Wars. Apparently, <laughs> while they're filming a scene, and he looks at George, and he goes, you can write this shit, but nobody can read it out loud. Or nobody <laughs> can say it. So it was this. It's that's the same idea, which is you could sit and you can draw this play up on the grease board and go, this is going to be amazing, and we're going to go out here and... None of it is going to work because the play you drew takes 11 seconds for everybody to run through their stuff. And after two seconds, I'm going to have Aaron Donald's head up my rectum and you know, it's not going to work. Right. So they pushed him on a little, I think it was the great uh, GJ Stankovitz 
<laughs> sounds completely made up. Sounds like one of the uh, he's like an R gang character. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, he's the one who asked him the question, and so he didn't let Nagy off the hook completely. He's like, "Well, are you sure that's what he?" He's like, "Well, I don't, Nick and I have a great relationship. I'll ask him about it. I'm sure it's you know, it's fine." All so right, well, we're get, on the same page. We're right. on the same page. Really, so they get Nick, who then immediately gives it away that he clearly said it to Greasy because he's like, "Oh, that's what he said." Um, <laughs> I don't think that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. It's like, that's exactly what you meant, which is right. the clown with the visor has drawn up this mad scientist offense that can't be executed. Like it, you can make it work in the lab, but you can't make it work out in the field. So, right. Right. <sighs> it's like the, the opposite. It's like the opposite problem that, that, um, McMahon would complain about, you know, McMahon complaining about Dick's plays being so basic yeah. and obvious and stupid. Yep. You know, I call the sweep to Walter. I get up to the line of scrimmage. There are nine guys <laughs> over on that side of the field. So I call the fullback dive to Suey. We get the first down, and, you know, Dick goes ballistic on the sidelines, not understanding why his dopey play, you know, and, and, and of course, Peyton is like, Keep doing what you're doing. I don't want to run into that shit. Yep. <laughs> and this is the opposite. You have Matt Nagy designing some futuristic play that can only walk in you know, zero <laughs> gravity that nobody can execute. All right. So and, on this play. But with the same reaction. <laughs> right. On this play, all we need is for the center to chip Aaron Donald. He's going to need to probably knock him down uh, and render him uh, motionless for about three seconds then yeah. he's going to run down and block he need we need the center then to be able to get out there and take out the weak side safety it's like okay I meantime, don't, who is center? Who is Harris, playing center yeah demetrius harris has to out has to run a three four forty <laughs> past that everybody on defense this is some play you got here matt so last year the bears had no tight ends they didn't i mean they were ben broniker was getting playing time. And as far as I know, Ben Broniker's only job on the team was to intentionally take a false start when they were trying to uh, burn extra time before a punt. He did that like four times. It's like, that's what you get the Ivy league guy to go. All right. It's before five minutes. If, if I'm off sides here, the clock will restart. We can run another 40 seconds. That was like Broniker's job. Right. Didn't have anybody. Well, this year they've got a surprisingly rejuvenated Jimmy Graham. That was I thought that yes. was a terrible signing. They still overpaying him, but he's at least he's competent again. Yeah. They have Cole yep. Komet, who they spent a second round draft pick on, who looks like he's right. actually good. And we're drawing up shit for Demetrius Harris. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, no. even the great JP Holtz is a better player than Demetrius Harris. So Demetrius is the fourth string tight end. But whenever there's an important play, it's like oh, let's get Jimmy and let's get Jimmy and uh, Cole off Cole. the field because this is yeah, it's, it's Dimitri time. Like, no, it's <laughs> there's no such there's no it's never Dimitri time ever. No, no, he's no, he's no Johnny Munt. Come on. So Kaplan hosts that NBC Sportsnet show, and he was losing his mind about the terrible interception that falls through in the end zone. It's basically the end of the game because once once the Bears didn't get any points on that, it's like we're fucked. We're never going to get down here again. He wasn't wrong, right? But Alex Brown, I think, was the one who pointed out that Nagy substituted before that play. He took 
Komet and Jimmy Graham off the field. They're at the really? they're at the nine yard. No, there. Yeah, it was it was it wasn't even first in goal. It was like second and four from the nine. Takes those guys off the field. Sends Demetrius out. Runs a play where only two guys have routes. Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller. Let's let's find the smallest guys we have, and we'll they'll be the ones. And he somehow ran it a play where. Only two guys actually go out on pass plays. They both end up in the corner so that Mooney comes over. Miller brings the safety with him. Now, Miller is running away from him at the time of the pass, but the safety has come over. So when the when the cornerback knocks the ball in the air, there's a guy there to catch it. Yeah. It's like you can't – yes, your players are not great, but because they're not great, you especially – they can't overcome any of the shit that you're trying to call. No. You know, I mean, if you have Randy up, Moss, Randy makes the play work. It's a terrible play call. Randy jumps up, reaches down, grabs the ball, stags it away. It's a touchdown, and you look like a genius. You don't have Randy yeah. Moss. You have Darnell Mooney, who yeah. he's not that short. I don't know why every pass that's ever thrown to him, he has to literally jump as high as possible to even get his <laughs> fingertips on it. It's like, how tall does Nick Foles think he is? Yeah, Mooney's 6'5". No, he's 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. yeah. And I get so I get so irritated whenever Foles or whoever the Bears quarterback is now it's Foles it comes to the sidelines after another inept drive, and they hand him the the iPad or I think it's a Microsoft <laughs> Surface or whatever. Like that's not a that's not a micro that that's an etch a sketch. Give me yep. a break. There is nothing fancy on yeah, this. You see him? He actually shakes it and then starts <laughs> with the dials again. Right, right. He's trying to draw an ice cream cone. All of a sudden, <laughs> look what I did, Coach. I got a two scooper. Yeah. So there's a there's a show on Netflix called QB One, which I think is in its. I'm watching season three, I think, only because I heard on another podcast that Spencer Rattler, who is the quarterback at Oklahoma, is one of the featured. They every year they do, they pick three of the top quarterbacks in the country, and they send a documentary crew to follow them through their whole senior season. And the season I'm watching, Spencer Rattler was this big deal in Arizona who had already committed to Oklahoma. It was going to be the next in line, you know, after Baker and then um, Kyler Murray. And then they had the little cameo from Jalen Hurts. Mostly, turns out, mostly because Spencer Rattler is a complete douchebag. And Lincoln Riley got him on campus and was like, we're going to need a transfer. Let's Maybe the guy from Alabama who can't throw will love to come to our, let's throw it up 50 times a game offense. But it's 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 interesting to watch the way those high school programs are run because there's one kid who is in Parkland, uh, Florida, not at this school that Anthony Rizzo went to, but same town. Right. Okay. And when he comes over to the sidelines, they they hand him an iPad. <laughs> and I'm like, what's he you know, is he playing words with friends on it? Because there's no way that thing is t- is tied to anything that has to do with the game. Right. And right. at one point he's holding the iPad and they show it, the defense gets an interception. So he's going to run out on the field. He literally takes the iPad and throws it up over his head like it was like he was discarding like uh, his hat. He just like clang, and he runs out on the field. It's like, all right, he just destroyed a $600 iPad. So he can get to the huddle four seconds faster than if he had set it on the thing. Yeah, or handed it to somebody. Right. That would have worked, Here. too. That's, I don't want to break this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so the Bears are uh, are they five and two now. 
With a win, they would have had the best record in the NFC and would have had tiebreakers against the Tampa Bay and the Rams, which will come in handy if you don't win the NFC North, which they're not going to. Right. But they didn't do it. And so while I was fighting off a troll on Twitter during the game, he kept throwing Nagy's record at me. Saying he's a bad oh, coach. God. He's 25 and 14. So I thought, <laughs> I wonder if, I wonder how many winning teams he's beaten. So I went back and looked. And I would say the number was shockingly low. Even I didn't have good great expectations. I counted figuring I'm going to prove a point. I'm going to say that like in three seasons, he's beaten 14 teams with a winning record. Oh, no. I was way <laughs> off. In fact, my initial count was wrong because I gave him credit for an extra one, forgetting that when he beat the Packers, the only time he's beaten the Packers, that they had already fired Mike McCarthy and Joe Philbin was the coach because they were 6-10. and 10. So it's 8. 8. And it's only, he only beat 2 last year. And one so far this year. So in the last two seasons, he's beaten three teams with winning records. And of the eight, half of them are the fucking Vikings. And half of those <laughs> are from a year they were eight, seven, and one. So they were barely, they were a tie in Green Bay away from him only having four wins. Well, I guess it would be six because those two. Only six wins. So I don't, what it proves is what I've always thought, which is when the Bears play a team with a good coach, he's, he puts them at a tremendous disadvantage. Yeah. Well, and you could go even further and say, okay, of these me- the, of this meager total of wins, how many were because the offense really carried right. the day? Yeah, that was the other point, which was he's been given a team with a great defense. Right. So a winning record is, should be assumed. Yeah. You know, half the team is unscrew-uppable, and he doesn't coach them. You know, he, right. he made a point of the fact that I'm not going to mess with Vic Fangio. I'm going to let him coach that half of the team. When Vic Good. left, he hired um, – Pagano. Yeah, Chuck Pagano, Chuck Strong, and basically said, you coach that half of the team. I'm only going to worry about this half. Yeah. So if he's obsessing over this half of the team for three years, why is it so bad? Why is it getting worse? It's not getting – it's not like, well, they've stagnated. They haven't stagnated. No. Their their only good offense was part of 2018, his first year. The offense was terrible last year. It's worse this year. Right. Right. (sighs) So then now, he gets we, to the we, point. We can defend him just quickly on saying he also was stuck with Mitch. <laughs> and so that we that we could but, pin right on the general but, manager. But, now I know these jobs are hard to get. And if somebody offers it to you, you're gonna take it. Especially if you're Oh yeah. Especially if you're a wannabe half assed offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, who Andy Reid wouldn't let call plays until the end of a season when he finally lets you call it, you call plays during a game during a playoff game where you blow one of the biggest leads in playoff history because you wouldn't <laughs> run the ball, which is a G. Well, who would have thought that would have been and, a problem? Um, but it's not like Mitch wasn't the quarterback when he took the job. He knew who he was getting. His job was to make Mitch a quarterback. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah we worked Mitch out before we decided not to draft him. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to pick him no matter even if he fell to us at 15. Like, no fucking right. way we're taking Mitch. He's like, I can't wait. I'm going to, oh, we're going to be great. So he, it's not like he went in, came into that un, you know, he knew what he was getting. He wasn't caught unawares. No. He brought Chase Daniel with him. (sighs) Yeah. 
when the uh, when the the Lions had their wild. It was their turn to have the wild comeback against the Falcons last week, and um, see Matthew Stafford runs off the field all excited, and um, I'm like, who is that goober who's running alongside next to him? Why do I, I can't place him? It's like, oh, it's Chase Daniel. Oh, <laughs> That's how I could place him. <laughs> Football Nick Swisher. Uh, Chase Daniel. <laughs> so, this week they get the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team that they played last year without Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. And it was the game where the Bears famously ran seven times. For 17 yards. Impressive. The next week was the week where they actually had run. They they actually ran out of the eye. To try to establish a running. Which actually kind of worked. And when I asked after the game if he's going to stick with it. Nagy said I didn't, they didn't hire me here. They didn't bring me here to run the eye formation. Like, no they brought you here to try to win football games. And if that's what it takes buddy. That's what you do. Yeah. Right. I think right. Bill Belichick has ever said something like that. You remember, like, do you remember years ago, like when John Cooper was coaching Ohio State, and and they were giving him shit because he was passing the ball too much. At some point, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. You want Woody Hayes? <laughs> I'm just gonna run the ball 95 percent of the time, <laughs> and we're gonna finish eight and three and lose our bowl game. Yep. Is that what you people want? We're That's gonna what lose I'll do. to Michigan in the last game of the season, then we're gonna lose right. our bowl game. And if it's a Rose Bowl, <laughs> we're gonna lose it by 40 points. Right, but we're going to run the fucking ball 98% of the time. Yeah. My my nickname for John at the time was John Cooper Melonhead. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so that became a big thing in the postgame, and then again today apparently was um, reporters asking Nagy if he was going to give up the play calling. Because And he's like, well, why would I do that? And they're like, because uh, it's not working. That's why you would not do that. Now, remember early yeah. in the year, that he wouldn't say who was calling the plays. Right, big mystery. Him and him and Bill Lazor were both calling plays in. They were both making it look like they were the one calling the play. And I, we assumed, I know I did, maybe I shouldn't speak for you, I assumed early in the year that Lazor was calling them because the Bears were actually running the ball and, like, weren't just giving up on it. In fact, one of the reasons they were able to come back against the Lions was, even though they were down in the fourth quarter, the Lions, when Mitch would make a terrible play action fake to David Montgomery, were like, well, shit, he's already run the ball like 25 times. They would actually come up for the run. Yeah. That has disappeared. Now, it either disappeared because Nagy wrestled the play calling away or because he was really doing it all along but just doesn't have any long-term interest in running the football and just yeah. kind of got tired of it. He's like, ah, we're not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> And we get the, I get the idea. People are like, well, they have a terrible offensive line. So how are they supposed to they, – they can't block. How are they supposed to run the ball? Well, you could run the ball with a bad line. In fact, I, it, that, that line may be, at this point, given who's left in it, might be better off trying to run block than pass block. Right. But the way they run the, – the plays they run are completely nonsensical to me. Now, they started the game with a pitch. And then they and then they and then they didn't run another one until they hung Corderell out to dry on fourth and one. Right, great time for it. Um, they either did it as a response to criticism over the last couple of weeks that 
all they ever do is run right up the guards' asses on either side of the. No matter how, no matter what, they, no matter what formation they're in, no matter what they do, they're sending Montgomery or Corderell basically just off between the center and somebody every time. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think more likely what happened was they watched the week before when the 49ers constantly got around the corner on the Rams, just did it over and over and over again and kicked the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. The Bears ran it once. It didn't work. And he's like, well, fuck it. That's not going to work. And never tried well, we, it again. We tried it. See, I told you that was going to work. It's like, who are you talking <laughs> to? You're the coach. Right. I'm talking to myself. That's great. <laughs> Coach, I'm the assistant trainer. Huh? What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I told me it wasn't going to work. <laughs> what do you mean my gator's on upside down? No, wait, that was uh, <laughs> Juan Castillo. That was Juan Castillo. That's a bad omen. Uh, I was like, oh, there's a bad omen right there. Yeah. It looked to him, right? He would look, you pull it down. And, yeah, it's fine. Like, no. Yeah. Uh, Juan, it's the uh, people are looking at you from this way, not that way. Yeah. Well, Juan yeah. had the COVID last week, so. Well, yeah. Cut, let's cut him some. Cut him some slack. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he did it on purpose, so no one would accidentally grab his mask after the game. It's like mine's the one that's right. backwards. Like, well, coach, when it's not on your face, uh, we can't tell if it's backwards or not. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> I don't know. There goes that. Yeah. Also, not a good sign when the. When the coaches can't correctly dress themselves. Not it doesn't engender that's confidence. A, that's an issue. Yeah. And then nobody told him, mostly because I think they just didn't care. Like, ah, like, look at that. These fucking things on backwards. Hey, what a moron. Just walk right by. That's how much respect <laughs> how much respect they have. <laughs> uh. So this is the stretch of the season that we knew would be toughest for them. They have to play. They go to L.A., they come home to play the Saints, and then they go to Tennessee next week, mm-hmm. which I don't – or two weeks. I don't want to see them try to tackle Derrick Henry. I just – I can't imagine what that's going to look like. I just um, – so I'll put that out of my mind for a week. The um, The Saints, this is a very winnable game for the Bears because the Saints defense is bad. That's what the Bears need. They need a bad defense to try and move the ball against. Drew Brees can't throw the ball five yards in the air anymore. He just can't. <laughs> See, I have a hard time because I'm a Drew Brees guy. I know you are. And he was a great so, quarterback, but he no he can was. throw anymore. Well, what kind of wind are we expecting? Do we know? Uh, Hopefully brisk, but it won't be. <laughs> and he'll throw for 485 yards. <laughs> but they also, uh, it seems unlikely they're going to have uh, Michael Thomas, who's had yeah, quite a season. Problem. So he signed his huge contract, played in the first game, had a high ankle sprain, and said, yep. "I'm a fast healer. I love that. I love." And then you'll even get like Adam Schefter. Well, he's a he's routine. He's a notorious fast healer. It's like that's bullshit. Nobody that's heals faster. Yes, right. He's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm a fast recoverer from a heart attack. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes. He's not Wolverine. That. You know, it's not <laughs> like he's. Um. Maybe he could tolerate pain, so he's like, "Ah, I'm good enough to right. go." But he didn't heal any yeah. faster than anybody else. No. So he claimed he wasn't going to miss any games. Well, they put him on IR because this year with COVID, you get you can have it used to be IR. You either were out for the whole season, or yep. after like eight weeks, they could, you could designate one or two guys to return. Well, this year you could put guys on a three week IR. So like, well, he's going to be out. It three doesn't weeks. matter. Yeah. Put him on IR. Right. So he goes on IR. He doesn't want to go on IR. While he's on IR, he punches a teammate in the face. 
<laughs> gets suspended for a game that he couldn't play in anyway because he was an IRS. He just didn't get paid. So now he's going to come back and in practice, right before his comeback, in a in a walkthrough, he pulled a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, the guy who caught it's the guy who caught 117 passes last year, and this yeah. is what he's doing this year. So the he, the Bears will not face the great Michael Thomas. Um, what they might want to do is see if the Saints want to take Ted Ginn Jr. back. Ah, and be like, all right, we got Ted. I know you miss him. Would you like him to come eschew your punts instead of ours? Right, right, right. <sighs> Well, this is where they break out the, the their Taysom package, right? This week, I would think. Gonna... I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, has to be what they've been waiting for. And I'm sure <laughs> Nagy's are on the sidelines, going, "God damn, if we would unleash the Taysom Trubisky package, we'd score 60 points against the Rams." But I promised myself I'm going to save it for the Saints. I'm going to shove it right up Sean Payton's ass. They're, All right, <laughs> genius. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I see your terrible facelift. Look at this. Look at yeah, Mitch. That's <laughs> Mitch running all over your team. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm excited Fear about of... that. I can't wait for the Mitch package to come in. <sighs> <laughs> that sentence has never been uttered before in English language, I don't think, by the way. All eyes are on Mitch Trubisky's package. What? <laughs> all eyes are on the Mitch package coming in. No, I don't want to. I don't want to see any of that. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, there is the issue, the small issue that uh, the Bears have to try to stop Alvin Kamara, which I'm sure will be no problem because running backs don't give them any problems. No, not at all. But I would say if they don't, they kind of. I know you're five and two. Shouldn't be a must win at five and two. I think this is. Feels it's not like going to be Tennessee. You're going to lose to the Packers twice. That's pretty clear because mm-hmm. that's just. The Bears, this is what the Bears do these days. Yeah. Um, and they're objectively a better team, uh, the Packers are. Right. So that's that would be four more losses. Now all of a sudden, um, you have six losses. Yeah. Um, Not- I, I'd like to think that the Lions are going to gift the Bears another win because they're the Lions, but I kind of doubt that. Mm-hmm. In fact, if the, had the Lions not given away that game in spectacular fashion to the Bears, they'd be four and two. Um, so you might we'll lose that. You, you know, at some point the Vikings, you're not going to, you're not going to win every game over the Vikings. Right. So there's eight losses. <laughs> that's not good. That's even, that's, that's, if, that's if you split with the Vikings. Yeah. <sighs> but when next week, get things rolling, get Nick, you know, back comfortable. So he's throwing for, you know, 400 yards every week like he should. <laughs> or at least 180 without three picks would be nice. <sighs> well, this is, but you're right. This is a, this is a more, this is a pivotal game. It's, I would say more, as ridiculous as it fact. sounds, if they win Sunday, they're going to the playoffs. If they lose, even with the extra playoff spot, I think they're going to find a way to not go to the playoffs. They're going to start five and one Ooh, and miss yeah. the playoffs. That's how pivotal I think this is. So Watch nothing that. nothing is on the line except for everything on <laughs> Sunday. I should be writing the promos for Fox. Yes. I wonder who they'll what get. Did... I wonder if, I wonder if yeah. they'll get uh Aikman and Buck for this. Ooh, that would be exciting. 
Let's see what other big games do we have Joe Buck. in the NFC? Right. Yeah, I got Joe's got to be exhausted. He has, yeah. Well, he had the day off yesterday. Thank God. I yeah. don't know how he's able to survive, but let's see. Atlanta, Carolina. You think they're sending Joe and Troy to that? I would not think so. Minnesota, no. Green Bay at one. No. No. Uh, Rams at Dolphins. Tua's debut. Probably not. No. Oh, it's got to be Bears. Bears. Saints four at the, in the coveted Eastern four twenty-five time slot. Uh, the only other competitor, San Francisco, Seattle. That might be the one they actually sent him to. Or Dallas, Philadelphia. It's not going to be that. Not going to be that. Yeah. So they yeah, may, they may get the. Uh, well, it's those two games, right? Seattle, San Francisco. Actually, no. Dallas, Philadelphia is the. Uh, oh God, it's the Sunday night game. Oh yeah, that's right. So yes, yeah, it's either Bears, Saints, or Seahawks, Niners to get the number. So the Bears should at least get the number two crew, which on Fox, uh, I don't even know who it is. Uh, I don't know who that is. I don't know either. Hopefully, Dick Stockton and somebody, but I don't think Dick I don't Stock. I don't think he's number two. I don't think no. It's. Well, you know they're doing throwbacks to be Nick and Leslie. Dick and <laughs> Dick and Leslie are going to do the game. Talk about their divorce. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, we have something to look forward to and see who, who it'll be. The um, Kenny Alberts. God, no. I hope Kenny is not on the Kenny and Vilma, the house band for the Bears. Yeah. Because it's not Moose anymore. It's not Brenneman. No, we know that. Oh. Charles Davis jumped to CBS, so it's not him. That's a team that I wish we... We never got to hear the uh, Charles Davis, Jay Cutler. Kevin Burkhart, maybe? I forget who the other guy was going to be. Oh, yeah, maybe Kevin Burkhart. I would have loved to have heard Jay first season. He was either going to be... <laughs> he was either going to be spectacularly... Um, dry and entertaining, or just a complete disaster. Yeah, and I think he was actually going to be entertaining. Just, I think he would have been full smart ass Jay, which maybe nobody would have enjoyed but us. But that would have been worth it. That would have been worth it. All right. So the, uh, do you have any idea what the spread is? Saints Bears. Let's see. What, what, are the, what are the Saints? Four and two with a bye? Is that what I just saw? Saints, two and a half? Close. What do we got? Um, oh. A one headed at three, but it's four. Saints by four. Saints by four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then and of course, uh, the, the over under is 43 as usual. 44. They gave the Saints an extra point. <laughs> figured they'd get an extra point. Extra point for Drew. Yeah. Okay. Niners. Uh, so Vegas Vegas and the Browns is 53. Um, Seattle and uh, San Francisco, 54. The 10 points is a big difference. Yeah. So they're pretty much counting on 34-10. Saints. Hmm. So what are you going with? Despite my pessimism... I'm going to pick the Bears to not only cover, but to win. Wow! I think they're going to. I think I think the Saints are a uh, just the kind. Maybe the only 
the only what people perceive good team left on the Bears schedule they can beat because they're yeah because of injuries and Drew getting old and putting off his weird inevitable job doing Notre Dame football <laughs> by a year. That really is one of the weirdest things ever. He signed a deal to call Notre Dame football whenever he gets around to retiring. Well, the Philip Rivers then, like um, the football coaches might well, have that's to be. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and but the Notre Dame fans get uh, the Dunge until the, then. The Dunge, the Crypt Keeper himself, Tony Dungy, doing their games. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go a little. Short. I'm gonna say the Bears will cover, but not win. I'm not gonna say they're not gonna win. I'm just gonna say the Bears are gonna cover. I'm yeah. gonna leave it at that. I'm going to get myself some wiggle room. I think Frodo's going to miss a field goal at the end. Uh, you know. The chance to be. win it. Could. That's possible. one thing that's happened to them yet. Maybe a triple doink. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any team can do it. Yeah. So how would that work? You go. Well, you hit them all. So you, well, you, you go to the left, upright, yeah, cross off bar. the crossbar, off the right one, and then it kind of yeah. spins for a little bit. And you think it's going to go over. Because that was the thing about the double dunk. He had, I, I, I think, more than a 50% chance that that was going to go in Yeah. when it hit the second time. But no. And how much different would things be had that gone in instead of out? Uh, probably not much. Probably not much. Because they would have played the Rams the next week and gotten the shit kicked out of them. And, uh, but they would have won a playoff game, which they haven't done since Lovey. Yeah. It's out of a something. <sighs> That'll be fun, won't it? Yeah, it's got to be fun. Why not? Outdoors, November first. <laughs> no fans. No fans. It's the day the clocks go back, so everybody should right. be a little disoriented. Although you get an extra hour of sleep, so everybody should be, should be rested. Very well rested. No, no trick or treat. No Halloween parties this year. Yeah, there will not be a Halloween. It shouldn't be a Halloween hangover for anybody. But, should not be, <laughs> yeah, that should not be a problem. The uh, We got a, a thing um, from the uh, local municipality here that uh, trick-or-treating can occur like normal. Ooh. Yes, no restrictions. No restrictions at all. Um, although they are apparently going to be very strict about um, the really enforcing the time frame. Okay. Which I would guess means the the at seven o'clock the squad cars come out and start arresting the trick or treaters. <laughs> Take the paddy wagon out, throw all the kids in. Yeah. Seven oh one. What are you taking? What are you panhandling? <laughs> are we um, expecting? You know, the the weather's usually terrible on Halloween. It snowed last like, year here. Yeah, it's gonna be like thirty nine and you know. It's actually supposed to be kind of nice. It is okay. Yeah. Like even at night, mid fifties, pleasant. Because that was the other thing. As a kid, sometimes Halloween was a crapshoot. You'd have a cool costume and have to wear your freaking winter coat over it. Yeah, you wear or, a coat. Or inevitably, right. if you had the like the the costume that had a lot of stuff to it, all of a sudden, hey, it's going to be eighty five that day. And you're going to sweat your ass off in your costume. There was never any like you know pleasant in between. Yeah, yeah. But we are one of those households. Now, my wife always says it's because our neighborhood, it's a nice neighborhood, doesn't have sidewalks. Mm. So we turn, um, she turns the lights off. 
We don't we don't accept the trick or treaters. Well, nobody coming at all. She claims it's for safety. She's like, I don't think kids should be walking up. We don't have street lights, and we don't mm-hmm. have sidewalks. He's like, they should just go trick or treat somewhere else where they're not going to get run over by a car. Right. Well, I, I think it's because fun. she wants to eat the Halloween candy that we've already bought. Just in case, we have to buy candy just in case. Yeah. You know, kid shows yeah. up. Right. So, what kind of candy is is in the is in the household? Well, it was funny. I used to always buy. I do not like peanuts or peanut butter. But she Ooh. likes uh, she likes both, Ooh. and I would always buy take five bars for her at figuring whatever was left over she could eat. Kay. She liked that. In fact, she would put them in the freezer because she liked them cold. She complained. I bought a bag this year and gave them to her. And said, "Well, thank you, but Reese's took o- Reese's now makes the take five bar, and they yeah. use the Reese's peanut butter instead of whatever that used to be." She's like, "They suck now." Oh, so she was not she's not happy with them. Okay, uh, but if I buy candy for me to give out, uh, it's probably. Like uh, Twix, Milky Way. I like the, I like the caramel stuff. What are you yeah. guys? What are you guys handing out? Well, A- we apples with razor blades in them. <laughs> we uh, if if we were to hand out, it would be it would be the, a Snickers. Yeah. Yes, because don't... I don't like peanut butter. Milky Way's Snickers without nuts. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So we would go with Snickers, but we don't. We never get either. Chicago or LA, we never get trick or treaters. Yeah. So, in fact, our first year we did have the lights on, and we got like three. And she's basically like, "Look, if we're not gonna get a bunch of kids, they probably should just go to a different neighborhood where they're not, where they can actually walk on the sidewalk and not die." So we start yeah. we turn the light up. On my first year ever as when I as a homeowner, actually I was a runner. Um, I was I caught I had no idea I was in this little town actually it was a little town I grew up near. But I was living in town. I had no idea how many trick-or-treaters I was going to get. I ran out of candy like a half hour in. Oh, my God. So I'm like, oh, crap. You know, Wait, what, what, what were you giving away that year? Was that the problem? Was there like a, hey, no one's giving away. Yeah, well, I was giving away. I was giving out beer. And the kids were very excited. <laughs> I ran out of beer about a half hour in. Actually, no, that was a thing. Like when the, If I knew the dad, and a lot of times I did, the kids got candy, the dad got a beer. That was. They would get a gift. So it was the same. It was the same four families. They came back. They were. They came back thirty-five <laughs> times. Right. Okay. So I actually at one point I'm like, oh, I'm going to get egged or something. So I shut the lights off and I zipped over to the grocery store. Well, they had been wiped out. So then I oh. went up to the, one of the gas stations and bought like some stupid like bag of like the little bitty can like the Mister Good Bar and Hershey's whatever. The only thing oh yeah, those things. Yeah. Gave right, those yeah. out. Still ran out of candy. But the last kids were getting like pop tarts. I was like going through the. <laughs> cool ranch doritos yeah. not in a bag just like three chips would you like some day. mutton yeah. <laughs> i'll wrap it in this napkin just bring that right. napkin back someday there there you go yeah so yeah i learned i learned the hard way not to run out of candy but yeah. after that that in that that little town we got a lot of trick-or-treaters and then the other places we've lived we really haven't had very many which is fine i guess especially it's it's especially irritating with four dogs they go crazy right. anytime the doorbell rings. Yeah, they go nuts, right? So then you have to throw them out, and they're running around the backyard, and they can hear the kids in the neighborhood. So they, the part of our yard has a chain link fence, and they could sit at it and see the street. So all you end up with is the four dogs sitting at the chain link, barking at everybody who goes by. Yeah, I like to think they're like they're actually just like making fun of the kids' costumes. <laughs> I can't tell what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Iron Man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so that's Saturday. Saturday, big night. It's good. Nothing like a uh, big night. Big night of no fun. Big night. Yep. 
And I no wonder how many. We'll, I wonder how many we'll even get, even if we did have the lights on. It's maybe more than normal because, like, uh, because um, there are some not safe parts of this town. Mm. Like the trunk or treat thing is really popular. So like you go to like the neighborhood, like the, you go to the Y, or you can go to the um, go to your neighbor, like a church that's near you, and they just have cars with the trunks up. Yeah. And yeah. A, somebody like sitting on the trunk. So the kids instead of going house to house, they basically go car to car, and they go through one parking lot and they come out with like eight pounds of candy, and they're all happy. Okay. Um, and it's it's allegedly safer. They're not doing it. That's one of the things they can't do. I was gonna. I can't do that now this no. year, right? Yeah. You can only do house to house trick or treating. So, hmm. which doesn't seem that safe either. But I, whatever. I guess. I think the idea is it's easier to be distanced. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a parking lot where the cars are like one spot away from each other, you're gonna have right. bottlenecks and kids. Although everybody should have a mask on because it's Halloween. That's true. Yeah. You just. Throw baby Roos at them as they walk by. So I'll set. So I, I would. I'll set the over under at nine trick or treaters. So you're gonna. Are you gonna go over or under? That you're gonna get. Or that no, gonna you. Get? Yeah, if I, I had the nine. lights on, it would be. I think it would be under. I, so think, gonna, so, I think we maybe got like three families with a total of like maybe six kids the time we did it, and that's when she's like, you know what, just turn the lights on. Okay. All right. So let's say nine nine kids will be the and you're gonna go under. This year, I'm going. Well, we're gonna lights off. We're not getting any. Oh, you're, you're definitely going lights off. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Oh, okay. Especially All this right. year, we don't want we don't want them giving us COVID. That's Screw true. That. I don't care about it. I All don't right. care about being a risk to them. Yeah, you don't play trick or COVID. Yeah. That's not that's so. Well, fun. and she works at a boys and girls club, so she. Uh, I'm sure on Friday she'll be handing. She'll get her, give the kids candy fix taken care gotcha. of. They don't yeah. need to come. They don't need to come begging at our house. Right. It's right. Unseemly. All right. Well, the other, the only other thing that it's kind of depressing is that the World Series is either going to end tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. And then we've had this nice kind of glut of sports ever since they came back. There's been a lot of stuff on, and it's that's going to be pretty much over. We're going to yes. be all football and nothing because the NBA can't decide. Now it sounds like they're thinking maybe they will try to do Christmas. Right. But they're not given that guarantee. They might not come back till Martin Luther King Day, which is middle of January. Right. Hockey has no freaking clue when they're going to come back. Yeah, that's baseball weird. will be lucky, I think, to to leave spring training on time. So we're yeah. about to hit a nice, uh, a uh, a not nice uh, stretch of nothingness. So it's going to be it's going to be Netflix time uh, again pretty soon. Whoops. Um, well, although I did, and I'm, I'm, Mike and I are going to talk about this tomorrow on the Remember This Crap podcast. So I'd been complaining on this podcast and on that podcast about the fact that the one game I really wanted to do like a deep dive on and do um, a, I can't, I can't ever remember the name of my own segment on the blog. I thought of it before for the review. I wanted to do one of those where I go through and make fun of the, the old game thing was on, it was a perfect week for it. Cause it's the saints bears NFC championship game in 2006. One of my, Favorite nights as a bear fan ever. Um, right. But YouTube, there's no, you can't watch it. Nobody has uploaded one. Well, I had a, a an intrepid reader who sent me the file. Mm. So I can watch it now. So I'm very excited. And uh, I'm going to try to put it on YouTube until it gets taken down. 
So when I write the thing, then people will be able to quickly go to the Decipio YouTube page and watch it. Look at that. Uh, and then YouTube will take it down and arrest me, whatever they do, if you put non if you put something you don't want to copyright up. I'm going to write the thing where it's for educational purposes only and see if I right. can get away with that. Yeah, That'll work. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, see well I'll give you a recommendation for Netflix if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, the Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, yeah. I did see it. Fantastic. Yeah, so that was very good. And it took me, I'd say, a good... Because I hadn't read anything about it other than I knew it was coming. I knew it, Sorkin wrote it, and I knew it was coming. I'd say it took me five minutes to figure out who was playing Abby Hoffman. Are you kidding? Yeah. I'm like, why really? is it? I'm like, oh, it's Borat. It took me that long. <laughs> wow. And he was, I, he's, he's a great actor. So I he's very, great. Much, yeah. very much enjoyed him. Um, Frank Langella, Oscar worthy. I also thought it was really weird to see Eddie Redmayne play somebody where he's not like, you know, he's he, other than playing Stephen Hawking. Yeah. He's always like this kind of like, you know, muttering, stuttering, unconfident guy or whatever in everything. And yeah. then to see him actually playing, he's like, hey, I'm Tom Hayden. I married Jane Fonda. I don't, yeah. know, it, I don't know it yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And I, um, so I don't know if you ever read, this was a signed reading in college, and I've kept the book ever since because I loved it. Mike Royko wrote the book Boss. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about the original Mayor Daly. One of the highlights of the book is there is, running through it, there's William Kunstler's cross-examination of Mayor Daley. Nice. And it's tremendous. And it's about the, it's about the riot. It's about all kinds of stuff. But it's, he, and I, for whatever reason, thought that happened during that trial. So watching the movie, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see who they got to play Daley. Right. <laughs> and it's like, that oh, that's not from that trial. Yeah, but I also did not realize the, um, what a complete hatchet man the judge was, Julius Hoffman. Yeah, me neither. And um, I saw I mean, an you interview. Knew you knew so, he was bad, yeah. but the way Frank Langella just yeah. So um, he was getting Frank Langella was getting interviewed by Christiane Amanpour the other day. I saw it on Twitter, and she basically said, "Well, you know." It seemed odd that this, in this whole movie there wasn't like a scene where you saw like another side of him or whatever. And Frank's like, "Well, it's pretty. There's a pretty good reason for that. There wasn't one. There was no side. Yeah. We didn't need a, You didn't need a shot of him being nice to his puppy or yeah, what? whatever. He's like, that's not what he was. And he goes, right. he goes, I think people exaggerated. Think I exaggerated how he was. He's like, if anything, I may have been too toned down. At times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really good. I uh It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So you can watch, then, you watch you can watch QB one. Actually don't watch QB one. Spencer Rattler is as big a dick as I'd heard he was. So it's it's been established to me. I don't need to watch the rest of them. Um so don't watch QB one. But if you could watch, I'll give you a, uh Showtime as a documentary about the comedy store. Oh. Which is phenomenal. And you will learn, if you did not know already, connecting the two, that Michael Keaton, of course, plays Ramsey Clark in the movie. Michael Keaton started out as a stand-up, which I did not even know. Yes, I and didn't know that. You knew that. Okay, yep. so you see so, so there's, you'll see some uh, old Michael Keaton footage at the comedy store. Oh, good. Yeah. Right. He, um, 
it was why his early movies were, you know, a night shift and whatever, because he was a comedian breaking in. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it turns out to be, you know, not just funny, but, you know, a he's, great actor. He's Batman. He's Batman. So he was on, he was promoting The Trial of Chicago 7, which I thought was funny because I was glad I didn't know he was in it. We've ruined it for whatever else. But when they get to the, because right. you hear about <laughs> Ramsey Clark over and over and over again, and all of a sudden they go to meet him and Michael Keaton is playing him. Um, yeah. So he's on Colbert and he's talking about Colbert asking him if he remembered the first time he voted. And he's like, well, yeah, he said, I do because it was in, I was 18 years old. It was in Pittsburgh. And my dad was a, uh, his dad had some kind of connection to politics. So he gave, um, so Michael Keaton was what? Um, I'm being distracted here by my dinner arriving. No, no. Um, We should wrap it up anyway. Yeah. So I'll tell this last story. Um, so he says he's going to vote. So his dad basically says, all right, you're going to vote. Here's who you, here's how you vote. And he's like, I, I know how to vote. He's like, no, 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 I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm telling you literally who to vote for. So here Makes are the people sense. to vote for. He's like, okay. Yeah. So he goes, so I get, he goes, I get there and I'm voting and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. I got to vote for this. I got to vote for this. He goes, he gets to like water commissioner. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember who I was supposed to vote for. And my, he goes, my sister is in there with me at the same time. And uh, I'm like, I'm like trying to talk to her, and I'm like oh, that wasn't gonna work. So, so I just left it blank. I'm like I don't want to vote for the wrong guy, whatever. So I vote. On my way out to the, I asked my sister, I'm like, who's supposed to vote for her water commissioner? And she's like, Ah, Mary Smith. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. So two nights later, we're sitting at the dinner table, and my dad goes, How about that water commissioner race? <laughs> Mary Smith losing by one vote. <laughs> and he's like, heels to Stephen's like, hand to God that actually happened. I look over at the table, and my sister's like, mm. she's like, look down, don't look up, don't look up. That's <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. All right. Well, that's All good. right. All right. So Bear Saints. Bear Saints. All it is is the game that will determine the rest of their season, even though it's only week. That's all it is. Eight. But uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk to again. you after that. I look forward to it. All right. All right. Very good. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you. Many of us have herpes.